It was early springtime and the fight was on. You drove us miners out of our homes, out of the homes that the company owned, into the tents in Little Ludlow. We were worried bad about our children. State troopers guarded the national lines. Every once in a while, a bullet would fly and kick up gravel all round our feet. We were so afraid that you'd kill our children. We dug a hole that was ten foot deep, and we brought the children and the pregnant woman down inside the hole. And all of this is why we tried to organize a union. But things did not change. Because we are immigrants, we are nothing to the big bosses. Less than animals. I said, Anne, these two guys standing next to me were like frozen statues, and your song melted them. She thought about it for a moment, and she said, well, Sometimes you gotta use a blowtorch. And this week's Labor History Today, we've got a special treat. Ludlow, my name is Luis Ticas. An original dramatic performance based on the 1914 Ludlow Massacre in Colorado. Labor History Today contributor Saul Schneiderman returns with his tribute to labor and protest singer Ann Feeney. And on Labor History in 2. The year was 1908. That was the day the song We Have Fed You All a Thousand Years first appeared. I'm Chris Garlock, and that's all ahead on this week's Labor History Today. Here's the show. While your bullets killed us all around You should have seen the looks on the faces Of the men and women that very day as you stood around to preach the sermon and lay the bodies of the dead away this tuesday april 20th marks the 117th anniversary of the ludlow massacre soldiers from the colorado national guard and Private guards employed by the Colorado Fuel and Iron Company, the CFNI, attacked a tent colony of roughly 1,200 striking coal miners and their families in Ludlow, Colorado, killing 21 people, including miners' wives and children. The names of the dead are listed on a monument on the site. The first name on that list is Louis Ticas, and therein lies a tale, one that's very old but also one that I think you'll find still resonates today over a hundred years later. Rockman Sewell, who wrote and produced today's original dramatic performance, got his equity card at age six and worked at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts for 20 years, producing plays and film. When I asked what inspired him to write today's piece, he said, we shot one film in southern Colorado and New Mexico and passed by Ludlow many times, and I always knew I wanted to produce something about the struggle and began my research. Louis Ticas, Brockman said, 
is the embodiment of all those who fight for equality and justice for working men so and took women. Some cement and walled the cave off where those 13 little children died. And I thank God for the mine workers' union. And then I hung my head and cried. The following dramatic podcast is titled Ludlow. My name is Louis Ticus. My name is Louis Tickers, and I am a ghost. But do not be afraid, a ghost can see and hear many things. I was born in Crete, and I came to America in 1910, when I was just 24 years old. In Denver I went to the courthouse and swore to be a good American. Then I went to Lado, Colorado, to work in the coal mines. I work hard to earn money, so that I could send for my picture bride from Greece. In my American dream, she will become my wife, and we will have three sons, all palikari heroes, and one girl called Itzaki, more beautiful like her mother. When I came to work in the mines of Gladlow, the men said to me, Louis, you are a smart man. Help us to organize a union. For many years we have been cheated terribly by the mine owners and by the men who work for Mr. John D. Rockefeller, who owns the mine, Colorado Fuel and Iron, and who also owns the world. Okay, I said, I will help you. I traveled to many mines and talked to many workers. They told me of the bad working conditions, long hours, low wages, unsafe mines. They told me of the way the bosses cheated them, and all of this is why we tried to organize a union. But things did not change. Because we are immigrants, we are nothing to the big bosses, less than animals. Once there is a big explosion and many are lost, when the mine boss is told, he says, Jesus, but how many mules? The mine owners hired men from Baldwin Phelps Agency. And if they find out that you are a union man, <laughs> they beat you up and you are gone, and they get scabs to come in and take your place. I went to Denver for a union rally. A little old lady, maybe five feet tall and dressed all in black, got up on stage to speak. Her name was Mother Jones. This earth was made for you, was it not? And it was here a long time before Mr. Rockefeller's CF and I came upon it. When they came upon this earth, they did not get a mortgage on it, did they? No, they did not. The earth was here long before them, and it will be here when their rotten carcasses burn up in hell. You will be free. Poverty and misery will be unknown. 
We will turn the jails into playgrounds for the children. We will build homes and not log kennels and shacks as you have them now. There will be no civilization as long as such conditions as that abound. And now, you men and women will have to fight! On September 23, 1913, we declared a strike at Ladlow. Mother Jones came down from Denver to see us. I told them if they did not stand up to the Baldwin Phelps Agency, then there were enough women who would beat the hell out of the Phelps thugs. <laughs> An army of strong mining women makes a hell of a picture. They ran me out of town, but I snuck back in, and when I did, they threw me, all 83 years old, into a basement jail with rats. We built tents on the plain for the families, and so maybe we have 1,200 men, women, and many small children. We are Greek, Italian, many Slavs, and though we keep to our people, we try to help each other out. It is very cold and it is hard to keep the children warm and fed. But we are strong in heart and we believe. They send me to talk to the big mine bosses, but nothing changes. General Chase and the National Guard come down and they begin to surround our camp. At night, they shine searchlights onto the tents and we can see how thin the walls are. They stop men and women in the town and beat them on the street. I talk to Chase and the militia and go back and forth between them and the strikers, trying to keep all calm. But there is a bad feeling in the air. After a bitter winter on strike, Kiryaki to Pascha, Easter Sunday finally came. And everyone, especially the Greeks, celebrated the blessed day. The next day, Monday, April 20, some of us were playing baseball in a field. Suddenly, there is a loud explosion, and then another, and then the hell we feared arrived. The militia and the National Guard attacked. They raked the tent colony with machine guns from up on a hill, and then the guard came down and start burning the tents and shooting the women and the children along with the men. I do what I can. I go from tent to tent trying to help those who are wounded. Women with babies in their arms. Little children who are screaming. I take a white flag and I go to meet General Chase and try to stop what is happening. But when I get there to talk, a soldier spins me around and hits me on the head with his rifle butt. When I'm on the ground, they shoot me over and over. So then I become a ghost. There was chaos with everyone running and trying to hide from the gunfire in the Arroyos. The guard had built a truck they called the death car, covering steel with a machine gun, and he drives along and kills anyone running. Some women and children tried to hide in a hole they had dug under one of the tents. The next day, 11 children and two women were found suffocated there. In the end, they killed 21 in the camp. And then they came 
with torches and burned everything to the ground. In Denver, where I swore to be a good American, there was a trial about what the newspaper calls the massacre of the innocents. But General Chase is let go. And so is the soldier who crossed my skull and made me into a ghost. On a golf course in Pocantico Hills, New York, the press asked Mr. Rockefeller if he feels any responsibility for the massacre. Oh no, he says. My conscience is clear. Before I am buried, the priest kissed my cheeks and says, Jesus, give a place in heaven to Louis and bring life from the grave. But I am not a married man. My picture bride did not come. So then, death must be my bride. And she and I will lie together under the snows of Ladlow, Colorado, until such time as the Lord returns. I pray that you are safe and warm, and with those you love and who love you. There was nobody like him. He called me mother too. So, what do we do now? We do what I have always said. We pray for the dead and we fight like hell for the living. Louis Ticus was voiced by Tassos Caridis. Mother Jones was voiced by Caitlin O'Connell. Written and produced by Brockman Sewell. Labor History Today contributor Saul Schneiderman with his tribute to labor and protest singer Anne Feeney. Was it Cesar Chavez? Maybe it was Dorothy Day. Some will say Dr. King or Gandhi set them on their way. No matter who your mentors are, it's pretty plain to see. If you've been to jail for justice, you're in good company. Have you been to jail for justice? I want to shake your hand. Sitting in and lying down always to take a stand. Have you sung a song for freedom? Or march that picket line Have you been to jail for justice? Oh, you're a friend of mine You law-abiding citizens Listen to this song Laws were made by people And people On February 3rd, 2021, Anne Feeney, the labor and protest singer, died of the pandemic. She was age 69. And a month later, her family and friends organized a virtual memorial and music event. And I was invited to make remarks at the breakout room following that memorial on behalf of the Labor Heritage Foundation. People who remember and have been inspired by Ann Feeney from the Great Labor Arts Exchange, the Western Workers Heritage Festival, the American Federation of Musicians, Local 1000, and friends from the many labor and political groups and causes that Anne fought for, welcome to the Mother Jones Breakout Room.
and would have been very comfortable being honored in a place named for Mother Jones, a fearless fighter for workers' rights. Mother Jones was once mocked in the U.S. Senate when someone called her the grandmother of all agitators. She responded by saying that someday she would like to be called the great-grandmother of all agitators. Yes, Ann Feeney and Mother Jones would have been great Union sisters and comrades. They were both unapologetic hellraisers for the working class. In 1967, Ann Feeney bought her first guitar while she was in high school in Pennsylvania. In 1969, when she was 21 years old, she sang a Phil Oaks song at a Vietnam War rally, and three years later, she was arrested protesting Nixon at the Republican National Convention in Miami. So Ann Feeney began her journey in labor and protest song as a young student radical who loved music. Becoming a political singer in America and trying to make a living at it as a professional musician is very difficult. So this afternoon, as we begin our remembrance of Anne, let us all thank her family for sharing her with us during her fast-paced activist career. In his book, Great Day Coming, R. Serge Denisoff described how protest singers changed the world. Anne Feeney's songs promoted sympathy and solidarity for the labor and social justice movements. Her songs reinforced our values and our ideology and helped to create high morale in our unions and our organizations. By pointing out inequalities and injustices in our society and by invoking solutions, Anne Feeney helped us recruit new members to our cause. Now, Anne once explained the meaning of her work, her concerts, her sound recordings and videos, the songs she wrote, the rallies and the picket lines she played at, this way. Music, she said, is a fantastic way of empowering people and giving them strength and energy. I've spent a good part of my life trying to find and write music that will empower people to resist and stand up for what's right. Now, one way her music empowered people and gave them strength and energy is a process called catharsis which is the release of emotional tension followed by an experience that restores or refreshes our spirit. Let me give you an example of this. In 1997, I, along with thousands of others, attended the Action Motown rally in support of the Detroit newspaper strikers, and I was standing in Hart Plaza next to two big union guys who were wearing United Auto Workers jackets. They were standing in the plaza like statues. Quiet, unmoved, with their arms folded, they obviously were not impressed with the speeches that they were listening to. Then it was Anne's turn to perform. Well, she gets up to the mic and belts out her song, Scabs. Some of you may know the song. It's directed at Strike Breakers, and it goes like this. job site Oh, they look almost human, but something about them ain't right They just cross right over a picket line Pay no attention to a picket sign They're called scabs Scabs 
found in nature's lab They got no brains, they got no heart Scabs are tearing our communities apart They might be reptilian The blood flows like ice in their veins in one of her later verses, she says that she could, quote, puke watching co-workers turned into weasels and traitors, unquote. Well, before her song ended, these two guys standing next to me are laughing out loud, they're giving each other high fives, and they're doing a little dance to the music. So after the rally was over, I approached Anne and I told her the story. I said, Anne, these two guys standing next to me were like frozen statues and your song melted them. She thought about it for a moment and she said, well, sometimes you gotta use a blowtorch. Yes, that was Anne Feeney, a musical hellraiser using her guitar and her voice as a blowtorch for justice. Thank you, Anne, for empowering us, for helping us to resist and stand up for what is right. We love you for these gifts, which will continue to inspire us in the struggles ahead. Thanks to Anne Feeney, a new light has come into our eyes, a new feeling has come into our hearts, and a new spirit dominates our lives. Solidarity forever, Anne Feeney. Puke watching co-workers turned into weasels and traitors They must be pod people hatched by those corporate raiders and insider traders You know our labor laws are crazy, they are so damn two-faced They say I haven't been fired, just permanently replaced by scabs Scabs the lowest form of life found in nature's lab They got no brains, they got no heart Scabs are tearing our communities apart I'll listen to your mama, this isn't idle gab You're pretty damn low on the food chain When you think you gotta grab your striking neighbor's job I guess you gotta be a scab We have fed you all for a thousand years And you hail us still unfed Though there's never a dollar of all your wealth But marks the workers dead We have yielded our best to give you rest And you lie on crimson wool Then if blood be the price of all your wealth Good God, we have paid it in full I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two 
On this day in labor history, the year was 1908. That was the day the song We Have Fed You All a Thousand Years first appeared. Originally titled The Cry of Toil, it was printed in the Industrial Workers of the World publication, The Industrial Union Bulletin. It was initially attributed to British colonist writer Rudyard Kipling. The song is now understood as an anonymous reworking of Kipling's 1893 poem, The Song of the Dead. The song was wildly popular and reprinted in many union journals. We Have Fed You All was an early example of how the IWW used music and songs in its work. IWW songs projected labor history, struggles, and politics. From union organizing to strike activity to defense cases, Wobbly sought to create a working class culture and community. The IWW is well known for its Little Red Songbook, which contains some of the most popular anthems of the labor movement. The first verse of We Have Fed You All a Thousand Years reads, We have fed you all for a thousand years, and you hail us still unfed. Though there's never a dollar of all of your wealth, but marks the workers dead. We have yielded our best to give you rest, and you lie in crimson wool. And if blood be the price of all your wealth, good God, we've paid in full. The late Wobbly singer, Utah Phillips, revived the song more recently. There's never a mind-blown sky we're now, but we're buried alive for you. And there's never a wreck drift shoreward now, but we are a ghastly crew. Go and reckon our dead by the forges red and the factory. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and the Rick Smith Show. For more information, go to laborhistoryintwo.com. Have you been to jail for justice? I want to shake your hand. Sitting in and lying down, always to take a stand. Have you sung a song for freedom or marched that picket line? Have you been to jail for justice? That'll do it for this week's edition of Labor History Today. You can subscribe to LHT on your favorite podcast app. And even better, if you like what you hear, and we hope that you do, please like it in your podcast app and pass it along. Spread the word. Solidarity. Labor History in Two is a partnership between the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show, a labor-themed radio show out of Pennsylvania. Also worth checking out. Our music today included the Ludlow Massacre, written by Woody Guthrie, performed here by Four Winds. Have You Been to Jail for Justice? And Scabs, both by Ann Feeney. And We Have Fed You All for a Thousand Years, with clips from Ellie Bryan and Utah Phillips. Labor History Today is produced by the Metro Washington Council's Union City Radio and the Kalmanovitz Initiative for Labor and the Working Poor at Georgetown University. The Labor History Today team includes Ben Blake, Patrick Dixon, Leon Fink, Sherry Lincoln, Joe McCartan, Evan Papp, Jessica Pazak, and Alan Weirdak. For Labor History Today, this has been Chris Garlock. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, but do keep making history. And see you next time. I want to shake your hand Sitting in and lying down Always to take a stand Have you sung a song for freedom Or marched that picket line Have you been to jail for justice Will you go to jail for justice Have you been to jail for justice
Just as so 